This episode of Ain't That Swell is brought to you by Billabong, Monstro, Swellian, support, partner, core lord, legend of a company, doing wonderful things out there. And just on the weekend, I had the good fortune to go to the Oki Grom Comp, held at Snapper Rocks, first time ever that the Groms have taken over the joint. Man, it was sick. And the surfing was off the charts. I just want to give a little bit of a, a shout out to uh, some of the performers, particularly the finalists who just went absolutely mad. Uh, local girl, Quincy Simmons from Tweed. She was right at home. Olive Hardy from WA uh, was also a big standout. Uh, in the 14s, man, oh, man, Hunter Anderson, this little grom from Palm Beach in Queensland, just went so bonkers. He was uh, yeah, a real standout, star of the future, I reckon. And he defeated uh, a kid called Lockie Argyros from uh, Kingscliff. Kingscliff, yet another grommet from that little zone, doing uh, mental surfing. Yeah, and the under-14s girls are a couple of twin sisters who are just dead set. Like The future of Australian surfing is so good. Eliza and Rosie Richardson uh, battling it out in that one. It was a really cool final. And, uh, you know, sisters going absolutely loony. Twins, one's goof, one's regular. Just cool to see. And then uh, Lakana Cullen from Avalon, repping the LRSA and getting it done. He, he was uh, incredible. He beat Hemi O'Brien. And then uh, our girl, the mini sharkers, Lehani Zorik, was uh, incredible. Like, really strong. Can't believe she's only under 12s. Honestly, she could be surfing two divisions up. No dramas. She beat Nava Holmes from Chugan. Really good surfer. And then in the uh, in the micro Grom division, Jackson Sands and uh, Liam Shamkoa from Tahiti uh, went at it, and it was Liam who got the uh, win over the local snapper surfer Grom. But so sick to see these little peewee micro Groms just ripping each other to shreds. But in the spirit of you know classic Australian surfing, there was a lot of passion on display. And I want to give uh, Maverick Wilson a big shout-out for the claim of the event. Absolutely staunched it with a big old give-him-the-belt special. Epic weekend. And, um, yeah, got to hang with Bugs and Rabs and all the cosmic apricots, Dingo Morrison. And it was just fantastic. So a big, big shout-out to the Bong. You know, as well as supporting this podcast, they also support Grassroots Australian Surfing and the Pathways for our next champions. And the spirit of that event was really special. Um so big thanks to Billabong. Don't forget, if you need epic, tested, core, surf, clothing, rubber, accessories, you name it, Bong is the place to go. Billabong.com. Absolute fucking legends and uh, just so sick to see one of the OG surf company titans, you know, just at the beach, feet in the sand, nose in the cone zone, getting it done. Up the Bong. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ask people gonna find me, because I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now, I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the pull back, drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, surf looks good, Ivan. Not bad. 
Ain't That Swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro dosing. Sumini! <laughs> and I'm joined here as always by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. Hey. Shalom, Smivy. Uh, namaste. Yeah, namaste, I didn't go to brother. Israel, man. I went oh, to okay. India, but close enough. <laughs> uh, and I'm muzzled off to you. You were gone so long. I, I was. I, uh, I, Plenty of Israelis in India, though. Is there? Oh, yeah. tons of them. Yeah. There's lots of Israelis traveling when I was when I was doing, you know, fresh out of the service, ready to get out of there oh, yeah. and just go and live a little bit. And, just um, frothing a train wreck themselves. Just get oh, a couple mate. of caps, one down the gullet, one up the corn Fuck and just popping. Oh. Oh. Are you kidding Woo. me? <laughs> The uh, yeah. Israeli psytrance scene, jeez Louise, <laughs> yeah. it's a wild scene. Oh, brother! How was it, Smithy? How were those Himalayas, man? Were you? Did you? Did you get in touch with those? Uh, with each and every chakra? Did you suck tongue with the Dalai Lama? Ah, uh, I had my tongue sucked. Yeah, yeah, let's just put it that way. I opened, you know, all kind of chakras. Vaughn, the, the perineum chakra, the pineal chakra, mm. the. Uh, Oh yeah, they're the only two chakras that really matter. The other yeah. chakras can go get fucked. Hey. But uh, man, I felt I felt well opened up and well recharged. Uh, mm. The crystals, the uh, you know the the crystal butt plug I bought in Durham Cot had a full workout. I was frothing on that purchase mm. and so, so, just cr- uh, charged just, me crystals. Just to, right. like uh, last time we were together, we were talking about you know, you know that a surf, you know that surf towns are fucking rinsed when the little. Uh, wooden cocks start bottle openers start turning mm. up. Well, they've got like crystal cocks up there in the in the yeah headway. yeah these vibrating uh, crystal butt plugs wow. and crystal oh. you know, very very sharp angular crystal Ooh. dildos. It's a yeah it's a it's a risky scene and it's a, a spiritual zone. But you know there's charlatans and s- literal snake oil salesmen everywhere, which <laughs> is interesting. You know Classic. to see where that adage comes from mm. to see a. Real life snake oil salesman right yeah. there hawking some mystery bogus liquid at you. <laughs> and uh, I just couldn't help myself. I had to have a couple of sifters and just a few nips nice of the one. snake oil. And yeah, it was, a, it was a great trip, man. I mean, should we get into it? Go on. Feed your face in finger buns. That's right. For the inaugural swellness pilgrimage, goes to India. Mm. How many Swellians ended up uh, doing the journey with you, mate? The uh, pilgrimage. Well, including myself, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Mad. So eight Swellians, two guides. And yeah, we had a crew, a pretty eclectic and typical mm. crew of core lords and cosmic uh, cone fans. Yep. And we had them from all over the shop. We had uh, Taylor Kitts, a uh, female from Cape Cod, mm. Massachusetts, a uh, devout Buddhist who, in fact, spent plenty of time in monasteries previous in America, and uh, I think it even taken the, the refuge vows, yeah. which is like some sacred, deep, core Buddhist thing. And Mad Swelliet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she'd, uh, she zipped in from Bali. We had uh, a good mate. 
Pierce, oh, I guess I'm rattling off the, the two people I spent the most time yeah, with. Yeah, okay. Pierce yep. uh, from the, the prairies of central Canada via Tofino. Mm. And uh, he was a, a practiced yogi and a really stoic, interesting character. Uh, you know, spent years just getting pucks flicked at him and beer poured on him as an ice hockey referee yeah. uh, before moving to Tofino and catching the bug. Uh, we had some crew from Margaret River, yep. Jimmy Pringle. An iconic guy uh, who's raised on the Gold Coast, moved to Margs 12 years ago, has the Pringle logo tattooed on his back. Oh would my you believe? God. One of the Amazing. funniest cunts you'll ever meet. <laughs> uh, we had Christy, this just grit merchant mm. par excellence, also from Margs, from Rockingham originally, south of Perth, a bit of a bogan Bronx, mm-hmm. and uh, made her way down to Margs. Seagull mom, cleaner, just blue collar queen. Yep. And uh, we had Poochie, of course, my flatmate, and the uh, flood relief legend from Ward Elcor, uh, Tyrese Lengat, a uh, Grom, a 20-year-old hardcore hoffer, chuffer, and young Buddha from the south coast of New South Wales. A fascinating character, wise beyond his years. Mm. Fuck, what a team, man. Uh, who else? I feel like I'm missing someone. We had... Uh, Rob Gillepie from uh, QBC, Queenscliff Board oh, yeah. Riders Club. Uh, he was only in, in there for a few days. He came down with a nasty bout of tapas and had to flee the scene. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it was grim. But, yeah. you know. The brown chakra, they call that one. Yes, they Engaged. do. Engaged. Oh, very and much fizzing. so. Fizzing, mm. frothing, gurgling. Yeah. It's nasty. No. But, uh, you know, obviously QBC being the home of Spit the Winkle. Oh, of course. And you just had to wonder whether uh, yeah. Rob... You know, went a little bit too far. Maybe one too many winkle spits yeah. had loosened the colon. And just, and yeah, just the incontinence in. was just in non-stop dribble mode. Yeah, that's right. Maybe. Karma, potentially. Wow. So, uh, yeah, amazing, man. What a team. What a team. Magic and, team. Uh, and what was the, you know, just walk us through just some of the highlights and, and some of the things that, you know, you had to test yourself with and then some of the takeaways as well. Well, the highlights for sure were simply the commitment to the Hoff, the commitment to the Hoff and the meditation and, and the movement, you know, but particularly the Hoff. As a crew, I was surprised by how enthusiastic people were to engage in, in the morning breath work and, mm. and how, you know, a lot of these blue collar, it was a very blue collar scene, you know, real yep. no bullshit people, like, which was great because we were surrounded by so many of these like phony spiritual charlatans who dress in om symbols and hemp but don't do any of the hard yards. Yep, yep. So here was some blue-collar grit merchants who were just fully committed to Tapping the discipline. Yeah. And uh, that was mad because uh, that really was where the, the big transformational things happened was just in the commitment to that breath work every day and getting in the icy Himalayan stream mm. straight after. And I think that's where a lot of the downloads, are, you know, you get a lot of kind of information and revelations and epiphanies from doing that work. Your mind just goes somewhere else in the process of doing it. And, you know, the whole concept was to rip into these hardcore spiritual practices as a group and see what opportunities we sucked in, Mm. what kind of epiphanies we could have. And, mate, it just kicked off instantly. Like, day one, uh, we got to... Get a few meters from the Dalai Lama, mm. uh, His Holiness, at his monastery down there in yep. McLeod Ganj. For the first time in months, he made a public appearance at this long life puja, long life prayer. Uh, and there was, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of people flying in from all over India and the world to to wish him a, a long life. And it was just this insane ceremony. And to see that guy walking down 
a, a you know a, a red carpet covered in flowers, mm. surrounded by monks. Monks everywhere. Monks chanting. Uh, Tibetans everywhere. And uh, to see his like smiling, piss takey vibes. Yeah. And, and then immediately we copped uh, the sermon from him. He, he went up there and, and gave his big speech. And, you know, in typical Dalai Lama fashion, completely fobbed off the idea that he's better than anyone. Yep. And he just simply said, I wake up each morning, I do my breath work, and that enables me to live a long and a happy life and be a kind and compassionate person mm. and represent the Tibetan people. And he was essentially encouraging everyone in the audience to do that. Mm. And me and the rest of the pilgrims, we were looking at each other going, are you fucking for real? Like, we're already doing this yeah. shit. Yeah. And that was one of the big takeaways. You can go to these kind of spiritual meccas, and as a Westerner from this capitalist consumer reality, feel like a bit of a phony or a fraud or that these people are you know, more holy or spiritual or committed than you. Mm. And in actual fact, the, the opposite was true in this occasion where it, it turned out that we were more committed to these hardcore spiritual practices than almost anyone. Mm. Like, a, like we were living essentially the exact way prescribed by His Holiness, yeah. the Dalai Lama. And it showed, it showed every step of the way as we then, um, you know, went hiking up vertical fucking skits mountains into the snow line and visiting these misto Tibetan monasteries in the mountains. And, uh, you know, we were seriously tested mm. along the way with, you know, rain and snow and sleet and, uh, you know, just really hardcore long journeys by foot, like a proper pilgrimage through mm. nature. You know, we spent the first week doing this pilgrimage uh, to like kind of man-made temples in uh, man-made versions of God. And then the second week was was the real deal, like real God, the mm. fucking, the natural green cathedral and the mountains. And uh, also smoked oh, probably in the vicinity of 50 grams of Manali cream hashish and <laughs> probably overdid it at times, to be honest, but uh, all part of the learning experience. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. And yeah, just... Returned home totally reinvigorated and, and recharged. And I've been speaking to the pilgrims since we got back. And, mm. you know, the, the, the depth of connection and, and kinship that was forged through that shared work and work ethic and those shared experiences, like lifelong shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, these changes have been super profound in the lives of some of them. I was chatting to Christy and, and she's just totally like done a, a, a 180 in a sense, like mm. where she's just fully committed to the half. She's in the cold water every day. Same with Rob. And yep. um, yeah, it, it was amazing. Yeah. It was a fucking wild and amazing journey. And we're actually, uh, I think, I believe there's another one in the works around September. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, if you want to jump on, reach out to upthesswellings at gmail.com. It really is a uh, transformational and life-changing experience. Fuck, it sounds good, man. And it also sounds like it's just going to feed so beautifully into the next Swellness event, which we'll be announcing soon. Uh, the Swellness Weekender or... What did we call it last time? Swellness Summit? Mm. Um, that's coming up. We're going to announce dates for that soon. And I, I feel like, you know... Like you said, man, when you're having, when you're in these places and you're having these epiphanies that you're already doing the work, you're so well placed to share that knowledge, and and with great comfort and confidence when you get back and and you're with people who also want to experience that sort of energy and clarity and peace, the confidence in 
the choices that you're making to actually take care of yourself. Like, it's not like that's a, a hard thing to do. But it is fucking hard. Well, like, yeah, if it you, is. If no you one's got the tools in our culture. No. They don't, they don't tell you, you how to do this. And, and, like, we're all looking for these answers, right? Mm. But they're fucking right in front of us, Smivy. And, like, you and I like, have transformed our lives in the last few years by being in touch with that. But, man, I just love the fact that, you know, you've done this trip. Uh, there's going to be more coming up in India, but we're going to be able to share a lot of that wisdom and knowledge with the other shamans and fucking Vortex uh, high priests at uh, the next wellness as well. So yeah. stay tuned. Oh, absolutely. And that was the, probably the biggest revelation that came out of it is that those modalities are as powerful, if not more so, when done at home. But the key really is to do it as a collective. That's where the real bonuses mm. are felt. When you come together as a crew and rip in together, uh, the, you know, I play a lot of football growing up and I felt the same kind of connection because it's, it's pretty hard work yep. and you just develop this deep respect and admiration for your fucking, the, the dude or, or chick lying next to you huffing and puffing. Mm. You know? and there's like, you've both elevated your frequency and there's just a, a knowingness where you almost don't even have to talk at times. Like when someone's playing up or uh, when there's some bullshit going on, you, there's like a knowing look where, where you just like, with this fucking low energy fuckwit like carrying on. You don't even have to like talk about it. There's just a a shared energy and frequency. And to be hovering around the mountains in a crew like that, mm. everyone's energy collectively raised w- w- was profound. But yeah, you can get that at home every bit as easily. Uh, so yeah, I, I've made, I, I just, since coming home, the, the big downloads for me was like, Continue doing what I'm doing, but do it as a collective mm. as much as possible. Every opportunity, every day, if you can, connect with some other hoffers and hoff on and, you know, do your yoga with other crew, do your jujitsu with other crew, mm. uh, meditate. Like there's these big Buddhist meditation centers. You're in there with fucking dozens of people in perfect silence. Mm. All this stuff will... It was all about being a collective and, uh, you know, people whinge about the systems and the way the world functions, but really any kind of change starts there. It starts yeah. at the grassroots as a collective and it can start in perfect fucking silence, just attacking the ego, mm-hmm. vacuuming that fucking thing right up. <laughs> some fully in, fully out. Fully out. Number four. Right, Smithy, from the uh, snow-covered peaks of the Himalayas and the Dalai Lama's front yard to the gritty, grimy, filthy, seedy underbelly of the Woz and one of the great detachments in our recent memory, mate, Elo, gone. Fired. You're fired. you cut. Fired? Or is that gone. official yet or is it just uh, d- departed ways still is the, is the only line out of mm. the walls? You reckon he fell on his pork sword, Vaughn? Oh, I don't know, mate. I actually don't know. I, I um, All I know is <laughs> this has been a really fucking odd story. Like, really odd. Like, uh, it happened mid-event. It has had no explanation whatsoever in the days since. Like, we're going on a week, right? Has to be. And uh, in the absence of a clear statement from the WSL or from ELO, speculation has fucking gone ballistic, mate. And for some people, you know, I guess for uh, surf media in particular, this is a massive story. Like, it's been treated like a a, a major event, like an earthquake or some fucking huge unsettling thing. But, I mean, in the big picture of the world, Smitty, no one has really raised an eyebrow. 
Like, no one cares. Uh, it's a curiosity for most people. And I'm kind of like one foot in the, wow, this is huge, and the other foot in the, meh, sort of field. How, what about you? What, I mean, what were your initial reactions when you heard the news? Yeah, well, uh, as you mentioned, Vaughn, failed to mention a comment on Anderson Cooper 360. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson, nothing. Nothing. So, yeah, doesn't seem to be rating a mansion in the broader world of news and politics, mm. but in our little surfing microcosm, fuck, it went off like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. All the uh, all the, the news monitoring devices in my bunker were just beeping and bleeping. I had 50,000 text messages. It was just a, a huge saga. Mm. Can you believe it? Eric Logan, gone. gone. Fired. Cut. Something. Pork sword. Who knows? <laughs> But uh, he's gone, and uh, that's all we know. And uh, I don't know, maybe who's we know? Has anyone seen him? Where was he last seen? Is he hiding in Brazil? He was in Brazil. He was there. And um, the the, I heard, uh, you know, fuck. Rumors have been doing the rounds, but people I spoke to said that they'd had conversation with him the day before, and it was just business as usual. They were work combos. It was all about the future and what was going on. And then overnight. And, and dead silence ever since. And like, it's an invitation for the world surf fans to just fill that gap uh, where, where there's no information, just pour and heap in, bring in the wheelbarrows, back up the truck and just pour in whatever fucking ridiculous idea you want because there's plenty getting thrown around, Smithy. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, far be it from us to stoop that oh, low no. as to engage in nefarious, spurious speculation. Gossip! But my sources do tell me that uh, I have one source claiming he was spotted in a Belarusian bunker with uh, that Russian mercenary progeny or progeny. That was one potential tip Mm. off. I heard he was in a fishing hut in Alaska, clubbing seals and uh, surfing misto slabs. Uh, On the sap. Yeah, I heard that uh, he potentially retired to Death Valley and and was living off the uh, unexhumed remains of a... Charlie Manson victim. So I, I look are you, are we in this vacuum of information. It's yeah. only natural that speculation and odd tip offs are going to fill the void, and yep. it's really just a question of when the wazzle is going to sack up and say something. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, it just reeks of legalities, doesn't it? They're like you know, if, if no one's speaking, what what possible reason could you have as a, as a as an organisation that has this fucking very public, bro downy shoulder to shoulder with the fucking athletes, and you know, he's the public face of the was. Like he, he's never not out there chirping and, and ringing the bell for the company, and then he's just gone. Mm. Like, why isn't it in the WSL's best interest to at least explain? What? Yeah, I mean, as a sporting governing body, it's never really been known to live up to the kind of criteria and standards of any other governing body, the WSL. It's a a strange and arbitrary place. And uh, it's been a while since I've lifted up the sheet and peered inside that Mm. Wizard of Oz style schmozzle. But back when I did, during the funny and amusing and disheveled old days of the ASP, uh, what I found in there was uh, Renato Hickel and, and Rabs just overwhelmed by beeps and 
beating buttons and levers all over the yeah. joint. It was it was, it was, uh, it was hard graft yeah, yeah, yeah. for the two of them to keep the show running. And I can only imagine it's still running off that whiff, uh, that smell of an oily rag. So, yeah, who knows, Vaughn? But, uh, I mean, look, I don't want to speculate. Okay. But a couple of things that did raise an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. The two-time Gold Cone Piece Award winner. Did not know ELO was from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe that's what got him to sack. Some kind of Grapes of Wrath era style hatred, uh, you know, where the ruthless old money Californians found out that the backwards son of a goddamn Oki <laughs> was running surfing. Uh, you know, and maybe surfing's deep state conspired to get rid of him. Mm. And, uh, I mean, all, look, he can thank his lucky stars. He just didn't end up dead in a ditch like the last Oki you tried to make inroads in California. But uh, apart from that, the only other thing I can think of was something that kind of came up during the only interaction I've ever had with ELO, mm. which was on the podcast down yep. there in Torquay. And That's I was right. uh, seated between him and Griffin Colapinto, yep. the uh, soon-to-be minted surfing trade unionist, mm. head of the uh, WPS, wasn't he? Really? Wasn't he? Uh, he's become the, the spokesman for the, the, the surfers, huh. surfers rep. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Hardcore hammer and sickle wielding guy. Wow. Yeah. And maybe that is the... the blue uh, overalls. Yeah, well, and exactly. And that could be the signature of the Oki. We know that they're all organisers of, uh, you know, the fruit pickers and whatnot. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe that's what happened. But then, interestingly, uh, you know, during that podcast, I just remember the constant off-mic referring of Griffin to ELO as uncle. Mm. Uncle this, uncle that. Thanks, uncle. And I just saw this is all a little bit too cosy for mm. the head of an administrative body and the trade unionist, and there's just something, something a bit whiffy about it Unless all. Unless they are related, are they? No. Well, no, it didn't seem to me. Yeah. Uh, no. So yeah, I mean, related potentially by a bit of backshish mm-hmm. uh, is what I was kind of thinking, and uh. I don't know. So yeah, look, spurious speculation, but. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess the the other question is, Vaughn, like, can you, do you really think Griffin's going to still be calling Elo uncle when he's just another suit in the lineup at Trestles? And you know, what was all that about? Don't was, know. It, it, didn't, it didn't reek to me of the authentic uncle relationship. Mm. It all seemed like a, a bit of that kind of bourgeois networky shenanigans and... Yeah, yeah. There, there was a bit of a whiff of that around ELO. Just, I never really bought it. Yeah. Look, as the I, head shaman of professional surfing. Like, like, I, I really liked ELO. I, I, I met him a bunch of times and uh, he was always like enthusiastic and sort of, you know, genuine when he spoke to you. And yeah, he was shiny uh, and he sort of talked up a big positive game. And that, that was kind of like, I guess, a bit of a legacy of his time in the, in the big chair. It was always, you know, the wall of positive noise is a, a term that's been thrown around quite a lot. Um, but he had big failings, you know, like his, his dream, I guess, coming from Oprah and, and getting into What a great that sentence world. that is. Yeah. yeah. His dream coming from coming Oprah. Coming from Oprah, mm. his dream for pro surfing was, you know, <laughs> to help them get. <laughs> well, I think uh, it's the case closed. I know. Well, his obvious, you know, goal, and whether it was his goal or Ziff's goal or, or, or the goal of just the entire organisation as Gold a whole Schmidt? was – to take surfing to the mainstream, Smithy. We've spoken about this. That's what they wanted to do. He, uh, they were going to start their own media organisation. That fell on its face. 
He uh, brought in other crew to try and to get that media house happening in, in their absence uh, of being able to produce quality content. The Ultimate Surfer, fucking disaster, mate. Ooh. A disgrace. Yuck. Like a fucking... Uh, the worst kind of surf content you can possibly imagine. You know, like making... Like these professional surfers do the most random things. Oh. Like Zeke Lau got that wild card having paddle races in the goat pool. Like fucking... Yeah, it, it, look, it's just fucking... It's like, thinly veiled pornographic... Preteen, yeah. skimpy bikinis, getting beamed Nonsense. out to a bunch of happy, clapping middle Americans. And you're just reeked of the hypocrisy and Pure nonsense. satanic nonsense that continually dribbles out of that yeah. country. Yeah, and, you know, like, that went on its ass as it, as it rightly should have, even with the backing of uh, Dana White, which is, you know, crazy. So then they go down the earnest route with uh, Make or Break, which was a good show. Like, I enjoyed it, but, mate... No, but like I said last there, nobody cared. Nobody. And like how many failings can you have when you're, you know, meant to be at the top of your field in, uh, in you know what he was missing? Oprah. Mm. You should have just called Oprah in on day one if you wanted the mainstream. Got that, all that backing, all of her blessing. You know, if she says uh, on her book club, this book's great, that book is a fucking bestseller the next day. Mm. She should have just said pro surfing's great. Mm. That's it. That's all he needed. Pro surfing's great. Yeah, Steph Gilmore's got a skits frontside hack yeah, on her. Yeah, Imagine Oprah. Oh, we, we've got a special guest. It's it's, it's the it's the Queen Swellian with the razor sharp frontside hack. It's Stephanie Gilmore. And next thing you know, pro surfing household name. So yeah, I don't know. Big failings, man. So like you know, it's it's like how many times in, in any other sport in any other job. You have, like, big ticket failings like that, one after the other. You're, like, you're going to be held to account. So it could be that simple, Smithy. It could be. It just seems so ruthless, so quick, and very, very cold, like, from all parties. Uh, so it's an interesting one, man. I just uh, – I don't know. I personally, just on face value, without knowing the guy at all, I thought he was a pretty good guy who tried to make his vision of surfing, you know, happen. And the big problem is, is that his vision of surfing, whether it is his or Dirk's or, or the organisation, whatever they were aiming for, it was a fucking big departure from what people wanted. And what people, when I say people, the core audience, the people who actually engage. So, I don't know, from here, man, fuck, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's it, it, the WSL looking at the events on tour, looking at the way that the tour's operated since the mid-year cut, Looking at all these different things, you have to say it's in a fucking worse spot than it was when Elo started. Mm. Yeah. Am I wrong? We need a surfer back in the chair, Smith. I think That's make fine. or break was a step in the right direction, but there's no doubt that all the hidden mics and hidden cameras and yeah, it was starting to rub crew up the wrong way. And yeah. that swift departure, I mean, fuck, maybe there was just a, a hidden mic or a hidden camera that caught something oh, it shouldn't have fallen. Could have easily. Yeah, I mean, as for, you know, the way he carried himself, ELO, look, it's the classic bourgeois sleight of hand, isn't it? <laughs> like, just, you know, all squeaky clean on the veneer, everyone's mate, just zhuzhing around, swishing around, mm. performing for the people and the power brokers. But actions speak louder than words at the end of the day, Vaughn, and let's be frank, as you mentioned, pro surfing is an infinitely... Worst place 
since ELO came from the Oprah Winfrey Network mm. to professional surfing. It was an incongruous matchup to begin with, and fuck knows who dipped their soiled hand into a hat and pulled out that name uh, and why they thought he'd be good for the job. Yeah, it, it's a... Where, where do they get these people from? This is honestly... Well, who thought it would be a good idea? Well, clearly, man, this is why I've got a little bit of sympathy for, for Elo. He's probably come over with a, a really clear directive, and he... And he had a vision to execute that directive. And that directive is the mainstream. Like, what else would it be? Like, Dirk Ziff wants money. Like, that's all he wants, isn't it? He doesn't give a fuck about the tour. He just wants money. Well, if he wanted I money, know, he should it? never got into professional service. No, well, he's exactly, been mate. losing money since the get-go. Yeah. So, I, I think uh, I feel a little bit for Elo because we don't know if this vision was his idea. Like, was that his idea to come in and... And do that, or is he just trying to execute every single skill and contact he has at his disposal to make surfing somehow appeal to an audience that doesn't care about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you're suggesting he's some kind of corporate stooge. Possibly. Brought in to uh, polish a turd. It's never really been that polishable. Yeah, it all... It all floats, Vaughn. It mm. floats with a couple of rancid corks in the toilet bowl, Vaughn. In the gate pool, mate. Couple little corks in the gate pool. Little pebbles. Number three. Brings us to the power struggle for the Wazzle leadership born and uh, really the question of who should be the next Wizard of Woz. Surfer Magazine has thrown David Proden's hat in the ring, Vaughn. Prodan, uh, an interesting character. Known him fairly well over many years. And uh, this is what Surfer had to say. Proden would be a good call. Someone the surfers know and trust. The WSL took a big swing with ELO, an outsider to the industry with strengths in certain areas, broadening surfing's appeal to the masses and weaknesses in others, knowing much at all about surfing or surf culture. But perhaps it's time for a return to someone on the inside. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Proden, interesting. You know, he definitely has... That necessary ruthless streak behind that vanilla ice veneer of his. I had a couple of stern dressing downs from the Wazzle Media Man over the years. Mm. Uh, one in which I was told that due to an unkind article about the Woz, I was out of the running for a potential pay packet as a writer for the Woz. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine the guttural groans of pain when that news filtered back mm. to me. But, uh, I mean, aside from Proden, what about a, a proper core lord with mm. serious credibility, a, a legitimate successor to the great I'm rabbit in this. Bugs Bartholomew, yep. uh, a Tom Carroll, a Barton Lynch? Uh, well, both those guys uh, bring different strengths and weaknesses to the table, don't they? Yeah, do you reckon Barton's potentially compromised his position with those anti-vaccine leanings and, uh, you know, this this bold claim that the new left is stealing democracy. You think that that's uh, just well, incompatible with I love, how, I love how he just snuck those into his, uh, into his post-goat pool rant. Did you cop that? <laughs> it was so good. He's, he's like, he's deep diving. He's just swimming through the weeds of this whole Brazilian blow-up. And next thing, he's, he's talking about the Chinification of Western society and... Uh, all these other screaming lefties trying to fucking... Oh, mate, that was making me laugh. But, no, I don't know. Jesse Miley Dyer? Seems like the world is, is kind of like starting to soften on uh, the anti-vaxxers. And that Bob F. Kennedy on Rogan? That's a worthy listen, eh? Mm, that's essential listening. 
Jesse Miley Dyer, the women's commissioner. Uh, you know, she could do the job. She's a graduate of Sydney High Selective School for Smart Cunts and SCOMO. Mm. Uh, so she's got the the now. She used to rip. But, world champ. Uh, yeah. She's really? Junior world champ. Junior world champ. Yeah. There you go. Uh, my only fear is that we might end up with a tour running in rip bowls due to some kind of latent inner city surf trauma. <laughs> She cops during her upbringing in the same region as Smitty. Yep. Uh, and we saw her reluctance to run out the box. So I don't know if that's oh. the direction we want to be heading in. More piss weak, grovelly horse shit. Yep. And fat burgers at main break margs and elsewhere. Shane Haran. Jeez, oh. he'd be good, wouldn't he? Wow. See? Shane Haran and Tom Carroll teaming up oh. in a dual CEO role. Wow. And we're talking about, you know, before you uh, surf your heat, there's a 10-minute meditation before every heat. Um, guided by Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, instead of prize money, no more big checks. Just a wheelbarrow full of lettuces, huh. lettuce leaves. It's a horn, isn't it? It's more than one lettuce called. A horn of lettuce. A horn, a yeah. collective down of lettuce, yeah. So uh, that could be a, a big change and maybe a, a move back to the country feel mm. mixed with pro surfing. Maybe that's what we've always been lacking in this pro shiny, glossy pro surfing world, Smitty. I think it's possible. I mean, country feel. Like what they say uh, about culture being a reaction to what came before and, you know, uh, this we had this Oprah Winfrey network charlatan mm. running the – Sport through a shoot of corporate gibberish. Yep. Now we go back to the lysergic riddled meditation pseudo spiritual leanings mm. of a couple of uh, casualties from the 70s and 80s. Yep. I, I think it all fits very snugly, Vaughn. Uh, what about? I, I think this new CEO, Smithy, needs core cred and a bit of biznaus, though. Biznaus. Yeah. Uh, because I spoke to Bugs about it, and he said that nobody out there really understands what this job is. He's like, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of meetings, it's a lot of schmoozings, it's a lot mm. of backpats, a lot of stroking, a lot of doing whatever you can. But here's the difference where, with Bugs' career. He, he said to me, it's a lot of doing what you, what you can to get an honest, and I stress this, man, a fucking God-honest dream tour in a financially functioning and totally legitimate wave of truth system <laughs> you know what i mean this is the only way oh that's good bugs. And like if you think about it dream tour this good is bugs luck. this is bugs's vision he got there man he fucking got there you look at the tour when bugsy left it's g land it's mundaka and yeah mundaka goes up and down with the tides whatever still a fucking world-class left cloud break oh man there was so many fucking waves of truth you know chopes was there pipeline of course and bugs is a big believer in Bringing the, the showdown back to pipe. Just Arika, so you know. Chile, Baradilla, Cruz, yeah, and the Mexico. search events were fucking Fuck. sick. So, yeah, man, um, look, I think we need a raging core lord in there, a hairy, gritty, uncompromising unit to dismantle and then rebuild this tour into something that demands the attention of the uh, world surf fans, but also the athletes, mate. Like, I don't know, I, I'm, when I say surf fans, I'm talking about core audience who still. For, for whatever reason, still, like you and I, get up in the wee hours to watch pro surfing. You know, like for fucking, for all, how frustrating it can be sometimes. We're still committed, man. We're still there. We're still engaged somehow. So I don't know who it needs to be, but I feel like, uh, you know, this person, it, it has to be someone who understands that when you're running a CT in fat fucking 
four to six foot rights and there's a fucking below sea level slab just spewing and chundering itself into the channel fucking within eyesight. You get on the phone and you call whoever's running the comp and you say, fucking pack that shit up and send them over. Fuck this. It's Kerry Packer-esque, Smithy. Like, we need a bully. That's what we need. Someone, and, and this person, man, the haters are going to be there. They're going to hate pro surfing no matter what shape it takes. Like, fucking whinging about it. And you just need a fucking CEO who doesn't react to that. Yeah. You need someone with a strong rhino man skin, man. A strong man, strong woman, whoever it is. Uh, and, and the days of being everyone's friend, gone, Smithy. Mm. Whoever gets this job has got to be a fucking proper, back yourself, staunchy lunatic like Fred Hemmings, for example. I was just you know, thinking, Randy Rarick, Hemmings, these guys, Fred Hemmings, staunch, let me just tell Putin-esque, you, when he was running Trump-esque, the Smirnoff, Thatcher-esque, and just like, when he was running the crushing. Smirnoff, right, there was a year where he was running the Smirnoff at Wyoming Bay, it's closing out, everyone turns up, he goes, comp's on, everyone starts complaining, fuck dude, nah man, we can't fucking surf that, like come on bro, and he just fucking downs tools, grabs his board, paddles out and catches three fucking waves, Paddles back in and says, anyone got something to say about this? The Connest director. You know what I mean? So we need someone with some grit, Smithy. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. And if there is one man who surely did not have even the slightest granule of grit, it was surely Eric Logan Vaughan, and that's why he's been assholed. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be, but, you know, pro surfing has usually gone pretty good if there's a Hemmings, a Rarick, a Kanga, you know, Ian Kanga. Oh, yeah, he was a fucking... Kanga. And not everyone agreed yeah, with his vision. On. He was not, a strong man. Not, not everyone agreed with his vision. And maybe he set surfing back by putting bums on seats and chasing the endless summer around the tour. But fuck, he had a crack, Smithy. And then bugs. And I just don't know where we've gone since then. You know, I'm a I'm a big believer in the product. I fucking gobble up that product, rain, hail or shine, Smithy. But man, there's a good opportunity here. That's how I'm looking at it now. It's like get someone back in there who fucking isn't scared to piss people off. Back the product, change it into something that people want. Fucking put a paywall up, make cunts pay for it, and then you've got an excuse to listen to them winch. Back yourself, WSL. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if uh, relocating the HQ from the, the West Coast there of America back to Walls would have any impact on mm. things. Uh, you know, getting it out of that weird, insular, woke, shit surf bubble that is Southern California mm. and putting it back in the, the spiritual home of competitive surfing. Yeah. You know, you just whack a, a bodgy little office at the basement or bottom floor of a unit on Burley Head so you can just r- suck in the whiff of Druin or Windina or mm. whatever it is. Her, them, her, him, them. them. She, yeah. So just just needs some culture, some history, some legacy attached mm. to it. You know, you, you got to know your history before you, you start planning out the future and uh, – it's like a WSL, you know, that they changed the name ASP to WSL. I thought that was rather arrogant, mm. World Surf League, and almost as if we started from some kind of year zero, uh, some kind of uh, woke, yeah, exactly what Barton was talking about, this kind of suspect, woke, new left, Pol Pot era of mm. surfing where they've just completely eradicated every vestige of the Dream Tour and mm. that proud era of frenetic, frantic, expressive, conical surfing to mm. be replaced by this uniform, 
front side gouges in burgery right hand points and it was just a, a serious <laughs> serious down oh brother oh mate i'm just about done talking about it look we the, the, the good thing about pro surfing is that uh it's it'll persevere it'll keep going Someone, if it's not Dirks, if he offloads it, some other one has kept some other people who put money into it, they'll come with their own ideas and whatever. But surely after the past 10 years, the powers that be have got to put a surfer in, man. Like if they need a CFO or, or a business head who can go out there and try and pull the money in, fine. But someone at the very top of that tree needs to understand that the fucking audience is already there. It's just that they're fucking losing interest quickly. Yeah, look, David Gingell said it many years ago, professional surfing will never be on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's just the brutal truth of it. Number two. Thank Shiva for Nathan Florence <laughs> Vaughan amidst all this corporate manoeuvring and the declining state of professional competitive surfing. We've got one shining light, mm-hmm. and that shining light... Is Nate Florence Fawn? I mean, the, the was finding itself supping up shit creek without a paddle. Mr. Platinum Corn himself has put out 72 episodes of Pack and Slabs on YouTube. Four. I mean, I went to India for a month, came back, and the guy was still hugging himself yep. at barnacles on a piece of glass. Mm-hmm. So well played, Nate. Uh, yeah, just a, a, a quick run through of, of some of the Take recent offerings yeah. to the gods. And these, like, the numbers on Nate Floss's videos. I uh, just fuck, man. How do you describe it? It's like uh, a show that's rating through the roof, and a sh- uh, like with Nate Floss, and a show that's about to be cut off the entire fucking TV p- programming schedule for the next ten years with the WSL. Yeah, and they're literally happening across the channel from each other. Yeah, I know. And Mad. It's, mate, it's funny because you watch these clips, and they're basically uh, WCT heat. You know, there's there's fuck. There's Griffin, there's Zeke, there's John, mm-hmm. uh, mixed in with these kind of core lords, slab freaks. So you're basically watching what should be world tour surfing go down. Uh, and mate, there's Jouchy no Yunker, holy shit. Like, how's the the lesson here? There's no polish. There's no fucking production. There's no nothing. It's just raw cuts, all sliced together. Sometimes with a, a little Q and A. That's it. As core as it gets, mate. Mm. And I'll watch that stuff. Uh, if my hair was on fire, mm-hmm. if my gums were rotting with gingivitis, if my corn was dripping with yeah. a bleeding hemorrhoid, I'll sit there. Yep. I'll sit in my own hemorrhoid juice and I'll drink every single droplet. Yep. With a fire ant stuck right in the eye of your old fella, tipping and biting away, you're still sitting there watching Nate Floss get coned. That's it, Vaughn. You know the vibe. And, uh, yeah, look. Just some skitty clinics, particularly here in Australia. He's done a, a few laps of the, the southern coastlines, mm. Tassie, uh, further west of there, southwest Oz. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I loved uh, – there was that crazy kind of southern Australian slab he surfed alongside Dill Longbottom mm. where Dill gets fucking next-level flexed on yep. one. Uh, he ends up with actually a uh, – Bunch of broken Fuck ribs. Mate, he was drowning on it. He was his lungs filled up with blood. He was drowning on his own blood, mm. not just seawater. Like fucking, his 
His body got completely busted up heavily there, man. Yeah. So stoked he's okay because that could have been fucking brutal. Oh, yeah, he's okay, all right. You'll see at the end of that clip he's ripping the top off a of King Brown and having a sip uh, while the sun sets with a, a broken lung and a uh, – <laughs> uh, sorry, broken ribs and a punctured lung. He's just oh sipping God. back on a beautiful crisp ale. Uh, I'll go to hospital later. It's all good. Let's, uh, let's have you – have your birthday cake first, Nate, and then I'll fuck off. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was an absolutely clinical dissection of a filthy orb. Um, and, and then the, the box episodes, the, there was a couple of them, and you just get the sense Nate's on another level. Even compared to John, he seems to have the rub on his brother at this point, and mm. there's no surprises there because, you know, John is spending so much of his time gearing up for the world tour, which is just a mush fest. Mm-hmm. He's starting to lose his edge, oh, potentially Vaughn, oh, well, at least you. to his brother. Yeah, I don't... I don't yes. This this is going to be the most fascinating year for John, man, because if he doesn't make the Wolves finals, or if he does make them, and he wins, like, whatever happens... Just feels like there's a reckoning coming for for John John's career on on tour at the end of this year, because if he wins the world title, surely he'd flick it, don't you reckon? If he if he wins the world title at Trestles, unless there's major shifts going down, and you'd imagine that a new CEO would actually sit down with the surfers and say, "What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What's the state of this joint?" Um, I just can't see John John continuing on in on tour the way it's structured at the moment. While Nathan's doing what he's doing, mm. I just do not see it. I, I've just, I think it's in his performances. I think there's just this sort of growing sense of fucking, like, it's, it's not even a, a sense. It's a need. It's a, it's like a fucking calling, man. That that he's missing out on the waves of his life, and uh, to r- make it worse, his brother's actually on them and showing the rest of the world and getting the cred for being like you just said, mate, the the best surfer in the world right now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, I guess that's the consequence of having this subpar product and, and expecting the world's best surfers to continue to mm. participate in it when at the end of the day, they're just surfers and surfers need to be in quality waves. Yep. And, you know, we talked about this in the past, Vaughn, the the mental affliction that is the fear of missing out. It rages hot. Oh, um, yeah. The higher up you go in the echelons of professional surfing, yep. and you can bet John is just playing bed karate every night, knowing that his brother Nate's in the next room, <laughs> about to go stuff his face with a box while he's oh. surfing heats and main break mush burgers. It's a new feeling to feel sorry for John John. I've never felt it before, not once in my life. Maybe when he had his injuries, he, I, was, I was feeling for him because, I mean, they did take a couple of pretty solid world title runs out of his career. Uh, but this, this one hurts more for some reason. Mm, mm. Uh, back to Nate. I mean, Go there's just it. no knifing. Too big, nah. steep, and unpredictable for the man. Some of the under-the-lip under drops at the box are so deadly. Uh, you know, he's essentially knifing towards a barely submerged piece of rock with a step on top of it. Mm. Like, it doesn't get more technical no. than that. Uh, just a vert, majestic swoop like a sparrow into uh, a, a piece of rock that you can see every last little eye mm. of a barnacle just winking at you going, come on, buddy. <laughs> come and get some, you cunt. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that was just a clinic. I thought... He's just on another level. He seems to get more crazy pits than anyone and take off in situations that really 
at a wave like that, seldom done. You know, you're kind of looking for the wedges and the, the chip-ins, uh, only the top dogs, yeah. your, your Josh Kerrs, your Jouch Yankers, your Jack Robbos, uh, dare knife it mm. in those under-the-lip situations. Uh, he just had it on lock. Uh Crazy episode down there at Shippies. Yep. Uh, but in that one, I'd say his toe partner, Kip Caddy, who we're about to have on the program, gets the one in mm. that clip. But he's fucking good out there, the Cronulla Corlord. He goes about his business real nice and quiet, Kip Caddy, doesn't he? He's uh, he's such a quiet dude. He's he, not really much of a chest beater. And uh, every session, that fucking thing start to bottom out, go dry. Who's back there fucking wrestling the phone ball? Your boy from the Shire. Uh, the caddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Shippies is the wave that kind of made a name for him too. Mm. It was the first I ever heard of him Yeah, uh, seeing this kind of rip curl Grom just marching in there and paddling into some fucking filthy orbs. And uh, yeah, he, he's done really well here. He's been Nate's predominant travel partner throughout this entire slab tour yeah. and he's kept pace with the Hawaiian. Uh, I wouldn't say they're on the same level. But, uh, fuck, I don't think anyone is. So he's done very well. Oh, man, what a, what a great sparring partner to have. You know, like, a, it's it's a funny thing, Smithy. A- anyone you surf with is going to elevate your experience. It's, it almost goes back to your collective trip to the Himalayas, mate. You know, you don't know what you're capable of until someone is sort of right there, either guiding you through it or inspiring you to just push that next level a little bit harder. And, you know... It's funny that these big wave surfers and especially the big wave slab shamans, they speak a different language. They understand waves in a way that not many people do. And I think they can articulate that to each other in ways that they can really put into practice so quickly. And uh, so for Kip, there's no doubt, man. I mean, the guy fucking charges. He has such a mondo dig. But imagine the intricacies that he's picking up from surfing every single slab reef of mortal consequence and every single little thing, you know, they can break it down to the most minute moment because those minute moments are the difference between fucking making it into the channel or ending up as fish food, bruh. Absolutely. I mean, what an apprenticeship to be serving Reef un- poo. Un- under the great Nate Florence and, and just seeing it up close, his approach, his line, whatever weird wonk or step yep. a slab can throw at Nate. It just It's interesting to know just his reflexes, his mind and his body are just so superhumanly honed. Mm. It seems like he can react to anything these unpredictable waves throw at him and, and sync up with the energy and curve and, and just make sections or at least get himself into a safe enough position to fall, yeah. uh, which I think is a huge part of surfing slabs because generally it seems to me if you can get into the pit with some control, you can escape getting hurt. But, uh, you know, if you're barely hanging on and you're flying into the pit too high and getting lipped and going backwards over oh, the falls. The donkey. Uh, yeah. You're a good chance of dying. Yeah. Or um, you know, getting freaking a punctured lung. That, that's a classic slab injury. Isn't it's it? just landing on the rib cage, your ribs implode and puncture your lung. Oh. It's happened so many times. Yeah. Uh, it it's just seems to be everything else is fairly cushy when you mm. think about it. you got your, your legs and, and bum and uh, shoulders and... Uh, sternum, uh, like well, ch- you got your muscles there, but the ribs is this fucking yeah. bone. Even like, yeah, you're right. And, and like, I feel like these slab guys. You look at Mason, you look at Nathan, you look at uh, fuck all the shippies crew. But um, Kirby Brown would be another one. You know, these are guys who know how to fall. It's like skateboarding. Like that, if you're coming off in those slabs, there's there's waves in fucking. Uh, facing monsters where you just go on that is impossible to escape without major injury 
And, you know, in the end it gets him because he's on an unknown wave in the middle of nowhere and he goes over the falls. But 99.9% of the waves that you see these guys wipe out on should result in near-critical injuries. And they don't. And it's the same when you watch skateboarders just get fucking absolutely laid out, Smithy. Like, they should be splinters. Splinters of fucking bone inside a wet plastic bag. That's what they should look like. And they just get up and and shake it off, man. And, fuck, you can take that all the way up to, you know, those um, MotoGP and everything. These guys just know where to be and how to fucking do it. And it's on a really rare occasion where you see someone like Deal Longbottom get pressed. Yeah, and and that was, you know, a a really classic example of just being in a situation where, you know, fuck, that was the most mutant wave anyone whipped that day. Mm. Uh, This thing was like a proper 15-foot fucking double up of doom, Mm -hmm. and he falls in the most critical part uh, just before, like, just before the thing really cups out and heaves. Mm. So he's in the lip as it's on its shallowest, heaving hollow section. Very reminiscent, actually, of Kirby Brown, who, again, like, you know, gets whipped into that one. And from memory, you know, it's it's a new foreign wave, like you said, Vaughn. Mm. But he just ends up a bit high and gets shot into the lip. And if you end up in the lip as the wave is hitting the most shallow part of the reef Mm. and condensing all that energy onto shallow rock, you are seven kinds of fucked, my friend. Oh, it's a fucking wonderful world, that slab world, mate. I'll tell you, we got to get that Chris White episode up. We haven't even done that yet. Mm. Stay tuned for that one too. we got Whitey, the ultimate slab lord, coming up on an ATS True Grit Live. Might drop that next week, Smith. Yeah, and, and just on that, good to see plenty of respect being given to the boogers uh, in these clips yep. because, you know, if Nate and Kip are, are whipping it, Chances are there's boogers paddling fucking it, oath. which is uh you know where that game's at, and I think at Chippy's, you know, fuck mate, that that was a wild day out there, and the boogs were out there paddling it. Of course, I think it's Harley Ward is the uh mm-hmm. is the guy just stuffing his face. He's a fucking tap unit, that dude. Mm. Uh, I think he's had some of the best waves ever paddled out there. And if you're keen to have a look and want to get your mind blown and coned, go jump over to the at Charles Ward Instagram and just cop the fucking magnitude of what some of these dick draggers, as they were once mm-hmm. called, are doing because uh, no one sends it harder. That's a 10 out of 10 doff from me, Smithy. 10 out of 10 doff. <laughs> Goat watch Oh, one. here we go. What is going on here, Smith? Has anyone seen the man? Uh, no show in Brazil, which I think was the eighth consecutive year that Slater has uh, found some excuse or some shonky mm. Dr. Nick Riviera to write him a, uh, yeah. a leaflet saying that uh, he's come down with some mystery ailment. I think this time it was... Uh, uh, no, uh, no. In fact, uh, neither of those, but spinal meningitis. What? Uh, yeah, so nasty. Uh, and he, he, he took to Instagram to, to say this, the goat, uh, about his absence from Brazil. When my sickness started the other day, and that was a photo of him with a bit of aura ring data, Vaughn, aura okay. ring. So, I mean, look. There may be naysayers and skeptics out there, but if uh, you know, if Slater is brave enough to share direct data from his aura ring, if you're getting a proper look into his aura ring, mm. it's pretty hard to fucking you know, it's it's it's, it's clean data, Vaughn. Yeah, clean than Uranus. I'll give oh, you that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, on day five of being sick now, fevers, sinus, chills, headaches, stomach flu. Glad I made it home amidst the onslaught. We're glad that you made it home, goat. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not forced to compete in Brazil in a substandard condition. <sighs> do you buy it, Vaughn? Do you buy it or do you think there oh, was... I think he was probably crook. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to lie. I think that... Maybe he is required by the WSL to provide a, a medical certificate. Whether an aura ring qualifies as a medical certificate is, is news to me. I'll, I'll definitely be bringing it out next time I'm required to, uh, I don't know, get some sort of paperwork together to legitimately escape some duty that I don't give a fuck about. Uh, so that's cool. But um, I just think Slater's... There was an unbelievable statistic that Ronnie brought up the other day in Brains I did. It was like, Kelly Slater has won four heats this year. Four fucking heats. He got the wild card. And in thanks for that wild card, in, you know, like to, to pay respect to the people that he kept out of competing on tour, uh, in respect to the Wazzle for allowing him to finish his career on his terms, he uh, turns up with an aura ring medical certificate and says, nah, fuck that, I'm not going. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty classic, but it's a pretty, like, odd way to sort of wind down your last few events, ever. Like, yeah, Goatwatch is, is trippy at the moment, man. Feels twilight zone I reckon. Mm, could this have added... What about you? What are you? How are you feeling about Goaty? Because he's almost completely disappeared off tour since the cut. I mean, he turned up here and there, but Goatpool... Went over the falls on what? Like, I don't know if you saw that. He surfed the goat pool like sort of almost like he was a visitor. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, he's just sort of, he's just nowhere to be seen really. What's yeah. he saving it for, man? It's strange. And there's definitely some grumblings on the CT that I've heard uh, from some of the younger competitors just saying, like, hang it up, get out of here. Like, mm. Give up that spot to a hungry young competitor. Uh, so yeah, it's not winning any applause from the current crop of CT surfers. They reckon he's just taken up a spot and you kind of wonder again about the ousting of ELO and, you know, far out, man. They, the WSL really would have put some noses out of joint, just deciding arbitrarily once again to give Slater the wild card uh, under the pretense, I imagine, that it will attract viewers. And then he doesn't even show up to the mm. event. It's not a good look. It, it, it wasn't a good look from the start. I mean, it's never been a good look, that whole wild card shit fight. It's so grey no, no, but up what's, for manipulation. What is the attraction? Uh, other than saying farewell on his terms, like going to play. Like J-Bay and Chopu, okay, for sure. He's not going to miss them. Like you bet the spinal meningitis is cleared up by the yeah. time J-Bay rolls around. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, the aura ring, it'll just be fizzing, Smithy. It'll be like fucking bright, bright yellow. What's the top top aura? What's his chakra right at the very top? Purple? Uh, rainbow colour, oh, I believe. Just God, a mate, swirling, psychedelic <laughs> rainbow. It's going to be so powerful and potent. Probably be able to smell it when he gets off the plane. Look, I think that's that's really what it is, right? It's, it's saying goodbye at, at Chopes. That, that, that's going to be his last hurrah. He'll probably get a wild card at Pipe, which, uh, you know, Hawaii, it, it's not really... Going on tour for Kelly, he lives there. He's um, that event is just going to always be sitting there for him. But I guess it's just J Bay and Chopes, man. That's that's what he wanted the cut for. And he might have been better off just saying to the crew, like, "Can I just have wild cards for those two events?" Because these next three, I'm not really that interested in. 
like most of the surfing world. Mm. Yeah, well, what's his beef with Brazil, though, Vaughn? I mean, uh, like, why has he got such a grievance with the joint? Is it, you know, is it having to deal with coked-up current and former competitors chewing his ear off at Wazzle <laughs> Functions? Yeah, uh, maybe. You know, is it the shit waves? Or is he just doing what everyone else on tour wishes they could do and asshole in the fucking yeah. most treacherous, torturous, backwashy, sack of rimmer of a joint mm. on tour? Yeah, oh, I think it's the, the latter for sure. I mean, uh, the, the idea of travelling all the way to Brazil to surf three days of heats in, even at best, you know, like at the very, very best – you might get a couple of barrels like that year when it was down the south end, but it's it's not like you're going on a surf trip. And I just wonder, like, who's Kelly hanging with on tour? Like, who are his mates? Like, and I, I mean this, like, with full respect, but, you know, when he was on tour in the Momentum Generation, you, you go into these places, you're having a ball. Like, he's, I know he's got friends and family everywhere he goes, but it must be pretty fucking boring when you, you, you go to the Connest site and it's just all these grommets who are kind of like, being polite and courteous to you, and but where's the connection, Smithy? Mm. You know, is are they all going out to dinner together? Are they playing golf with him? Like, I just wonder whether the tour is just finally too young for him. Mm. Old man Slater has finally just been cooled off. Hey, old man, get out of here, old man. Mm. I don't want you around anymore. I You're mean, the ultimate move would be if he became the CEO and he just keeps on tour till the end of his. Life, Jeez, like, that'd be that good. would be so bizarre. I mean, and going to Brazil, especially being in a long and committed relationship, it takes away really the one carrot for Slater, which would have been the uh, just endless tensums he would have been having with hordes of feverish young Brazilian women. I mean, with that off the cards, there's really no reason to go there at all. Blah, blah. Arnie Rissris, Carissa Moore gets violated oh. at a customs checkpoint in Houston, Texas. Mm. Saw this. On her way back from Brazil. Uh, here's Heavy. what she had to say about it. Heavy. Went through security at the Houston airport, felt violated and disrespected when I was searched. No one had the decency to listen and treat me with kindness. I've never felt so alone and powerless. I'm fine, but pretty shaken up. I don't think I deserve to be treated that way. No one does. Trying to have trying to have some empathy for them. Maybe they are going through something. Who knows? Let's mm. try to be a little more patient, kind, and understanding with each other. And uh, all I can imagine, and this is like, she's in tears. Yeah, this, like you see the photo's yeah. distressing, mate. Like the, the caption's distressing, but the actual photo to go with it is, oh, it's a real rattle. I mean, you can only imagine... Uh, they must have, you know, seen this so-called, oh, yeah, sure, professional surfer. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure, in mm. Houston, Texas. Yeah. Uh, you know, not a whole lot of pro surfing going down in Houston. No. Uh, or Texas. I mean, I, I think the last great Texan to take to the waves was the great Ken Bradshaw. Mm. But that's, uh, there's been a few decades between that. And I can only imagine they suspected her to be carrying a few condoms of Bolivian ether wash hidden in the... Uh, very unlikely. ...of the five-time Hawaiian happy clapping Chriso world champ. Mm-hmm. So they're way off there, but that can only be the, the uh, you know, the validation, the justification 
for a rude body search, and I just hope she didn't receive the rubber glove treatment from the jar. Here. Oh, mate. That is nasty that business. sounds really bad. Um, I'd say huge under. Monstro under. That's fucking distressing, mate. I, I think uh, Chris is right to go public with that and call those people out. That's heavy. Mm. Hopefully mm. some heads roll. They're fucking grim when you're going through customs in America. Oh, they suck. It, it really feels like you're entering a country under siege mm. when you go through those checkpoints. Like They're just so hawkish and sus on you. And, I mean, far out. A quick Google search of Carissa Moore is going to uncover everything yeah. you need to know about her. Exactly. So, yeah, strange, strange behavior. Maybe he was some fucking deviant. Mm. He just wanted a piece of that sweet Hawaiian pie. Just helped himself. What a grub. Under. Massive under that jarhead, just getting handfuls <laughs> of Arnie Riss Riss. Oh, it's not good. shit. Nah. You're kidding no. me. It's a flat nose. You're kidding it's a hard me. nose, Smithy. Fawn, a surf was impaled in the nose by a flying fish. Would you believe it? Uh, I mean, look, everyone wants a bit of fresh seafood, a bit of sashimi, mm. but uh, you don't like being put on the shish kebab yourself, you no. hypocrites. And that's what happened. Uh, the surfer had this to say. At first, I thought it was the boys throwing some seaweed around, as we tend to do that for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? But a moment later, I realized there was a fish in my face. Mm. In your face, like yeah. sticking out of his nose. He's not speaking uh, metaphorically there. It was... Fuck, he looked like some, uh, you know, mental Hawaiian villager mm. with uh, some kind of strange face adornment. But it was just a flying fish that had skewered him. God. Cunt. It's amazing, mate. Imagine if, um, you know, if, if this starts to trickle down into the rest of nature where animals just go on the hunt for humans out for blood. You wouldn't want to be running grom comps when, you know, a, a pot of narwhals come flying around the corner at Lennox Head. Oh, grom, skull candy's on. I mean, there could be all sorts of carnage going on here, Smith. And where does it stop, mate? You know, first of all, we've got stingrays killing Irwinsy, bruh. Mm. We've got fucking flying fish impaling noses, bruh. What next, bruh? You've got seals breaking corlords legs in Cornwall. Yep, you've got dolphins raping people at checkpoints, bruh. Doesn't yeah. augur well for uh, human beings in this life when the animals start turning, Smith. It doesn't, Vaughn, and uh, really, in a lot of ways, it's the cosmic comeuppance that was always going to come our way. Yeah. And I, for one, will uh, be taking extra care. I've, I've already bought my uh, softball catcher's helmet mm. uh, to go with my visored gaff and yeah, I'm not taking any risks. Nah, good one, man. Good one. And I, for one, welcome our new flying fish overlords as the leaders and the true conquerors of this planet. That's right, Vaughn. Just be very careful when you're out there going for a deep frontside bottom turn because that's when things can <laughs> really get ugly. Oh, oh, oh. oh, flying fish corn incident. Yep, I can see the headline now on Beach Grid. Are you kidding?